The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website, guildhallwealth.com. My name is Jeremy Wiseman. I'm joined by Jerry Karaya. And a uh, lot happened this week. Let's get right into it. Um, Jerry, uh, let's just go through the indices and how gold and silver are doing all of it year to date. Um, so far, I'll, I'll go from worst to best. NASDAQ year to date is down 28%. We've got uh, S&P is down year to date 15.5%. We've got uh, silver is down 7.7% in USD, down only 2.6% in Canadian dollars, by the way. Uh, the Dow is down 5.42% year-to-date. It's had a pretty massive rally as the dollar's gotten strong over the last couple months. Gold is down 4% in USD, but it's actually up 1.3% in Canadian dollars for our Canadian friends who we are speaking to and <laughs> whose dollar you're trying to uh, hedge. And then the TSX is down 3.87%. So silver in fact in both canadian dollars and gold in canadian dollars are are doing better than the tsx not by much i'm sure many people would be happy to find out that the tsx is only down a little bit so they've had over the last couple months there's been a, a good amount of comeback in people's portfolios i'm sure mm -hmm. um today on the show we're going to get into a little bit of crypto a little bit of central bank digital currency and some topics on how to store precious metals as well as um, are they a good gift? I'll let you guess, but we'll talk about that more on the show. But first, uh, let's talk about some of the news this week. Um, <clears throat> we can bat back and forth a little bit. There was um, some information out on um, a gold, uh, gold Telegram saying that the Bank of England projects 30 billion plus in losses of QE losses, quantitative easing losses through 2023 and 2024. And essentially the treasury is now bailing out the central bank. Mm. First initial uh, response to that. The experiment, you just end up cannibalizing each other at the end of the day. And this is what, what's, what's happening. We're seeing the effects of central bank and treasury just going at it back and forth now between the two. The Federal Reserve and the Treasury in the United States, the same thing. We, we saw this happening. We, you can't print $7 trillion in a matter of two years and not anticipate these types of effects and having inflation break out, having to come out and, and go as, quote-unquote, as aggressively as possible and hiking interest rates to quell inflation. This will only happen. This, this will happen, and something will eventually break and we're noticing liquidity issues. You can read yeah. the headlines around the world that there are liquidity issues. The, this very same issue that caused the Fed to pivot in 2018 is now rearing its ugly head. And volatility is around the corner. But, you know, many people would say it's not rearing its ugly head, in fact. I feel like we're in this kind of uh, quiet zone. I don't know if it's the holidays. I don't know if it's you know, what happened with FTX. I don't know if people are waiting for the next shoe to drop, but it seems like as we head into the final leg of the year, they've raised interest rates throughout the year. 
the market didn't break completely. People are definitely feeling the pinch. I know that um, there's been uh, negative rates in the treasury market. We've got a signaling for a recession, but the shoe hasn't dropped yet. There's like an eerie silence out there in terms of what's happening economically, mm -hmm. which is interesting because you hear about the Bank of England signaling there's going to be losses. And not only that, the FOMC came out this week with their with their meeting minutes. So the FOMC are revealing that most Fed officials now are backing slow a slower pace of rate hikes soon, adding a lot of volatility to the market immediately, causing the U.S. dollar index to sell off. And this is one index that we as we being in the gold and silver industry industry in the market trading it. We have to follow what's going on with the U.S. dollar index because it is gold and silver are negatively correlated to the U.S. dollar. So if they're hiking rates, of course, that's going to benefit the perception of strength in the currency, any nation's currency. But this, in, in this case, the U.S. dollar. But now they're backing down. They're gearing down because something's going to break. They're feeling the pinch. The U.S. Federal Reserve for the first time since 1915 is now reporting operating losses because their rate is 3.75 to 4 percent. The break-even point was 2.8. So they're now showing operating losses because they have 31 trillion in debt. They're paying too much interest, and this is just getting worse. And not only that, but a strong U.S. dollar is is ne is a negative for the economy because now all of your goods and services that you're trying to export, you can't compete. So because right. you've got a strong dollar, people have to pay more for your stuff when they can get it cheaper everywhere else. So it it's having it's like, are you getting the effects that you're looking for? Yes, you got the strong dollar that you wanted, but it's it's at the detriment of the actual economy itself. And the emerging markets, right? Yeah, and so you, and now you've got a, so you're going to buy goods from elsewhere in the world with, with an energy crisis. Yeah, so as a result of the FOMC, the USD and the Treasury bonds are right now suffering from the very dovish US Fed November meeting minutes, and a lot of bad economic reports came out. Preliminary S&P Global Composite PMI, which is, um, in, which is manufacturing for the USA, dropped by 3.95%, indicating increased recession risks in the world's biggest economy. Weekly jobless claims reached a three-month high of 240,000 as layoffs in the U.S. tech industry increased. So we saw the NASDAQ was down, what was that number on the NASDAQ? Uh, on the year, down 28%. Almost down 30%. So this is another indication of you know, the tech industry, it's a lot of stuff happening with the and, meta, meta world and Twitterverse. And then not only do you have to deal with the su still supply chain disruptions and costs rising everywhere, now you're going to deal with uh, people going on strike, right? Companies going on strike. I understand that Google, not Google, um, uh, Amazon workers are going on strike, right? As Christmas is starting, uh, the holiday season. Um, now, we also have uh, issues happening at Credit Suisse. The second largest Swiss bank, Credit Suisse, is now experiencing a bank run of epic proportions. Jeremy, epic was the word. It was announced last uh, this week that during a f the first few weeks of this quarter alone, they saw capital outflow of $88.3 billion, which con consequently saw their share price drop to its lowest point in over 30 years. And if you look at this chart, there is a massive Credit Suisse experiences historic outflows in fourth quarter of 2022. So are we going to potentially see a bail-in? This is a huge bail-in alert because this is a bank that is too big to fail. 
this is going to cause a systemic, a contagion, something very similar to this FTX contagion. People want out. As soon as you lose the trust, you want to pull your money out. I need my money now. I need to park it. I need to invest somewhere else. I'm not getting the response I used to get from my financial planner. This is happening not just in Europe, not just in the crypto world, but even locally here in Ontario. It's just a massive outflow and into precious metals, Jeremy. It, trust is the word. You nailed it with the word trust. The, obviously, if there's a bank run, it's your customers are not trusting how solvent you are. They're not trusting their ability to get their money out at the time that they want to get their money out. And I think that, yes, with the FTX issues, there's going to be a lack of trust. And I would say as well, going forward into our conversation about central bank digital currencies as well, is how how much do you trust the government to run your financial system as well when you've got issues like the Bank of England who's having to support the market with having the treasury bail out the central bailing out the central bank so you know this idea of cannibalizing itself how can you trust a system that's now cannibalizing itself now you've got a country um, that uh, you have some news about their their uh, movement into the gold market so as a result of the strength of the U.S. dollar, it's causing a lot of countries to now pivot away and this, this line of de-dollarization, the U.S. losing the hegemony of, the, of pricing goods in U.S. dollar. This is being lost. So this is a massive headline. And this is after a result of uh, some really good football. We're enjoying the World Cup. Um, Portugal played an outstanding uh, Ghana. A Ghanaian team came out and uh, really Pressed, pressed Portugal, but Portugal came out on top. But headline coming out of Ghana, Ghana pl plans to buy oil with gold instead of U.S. dollars. Mm -hmm. And this is actually coming from a, a message on Facebook from the Vice President uh, Bawumamia, who said on this Thursday that their reserves are around $6.6 And this is going to be a fundamental change in their balance of payments and significantly reducing the persistent depreciation of our currency. Using gold will prevent the exchange rate from directly impacting other things like fuel, utility prices, as domestic sellers will no, no, no longer need foreign exchange to import oil products. This is something that we often consider, like how can I buy a product with gold? Well, we clearly see this as a solution that can happen almost right away. People often ask, well, Jerry, if everything goes to hell in a handbasket and I have some coins, you know, how can I how can I use this in day-to-day -day transactions? We'll talk about that soon. Yeah, we'll talk about that in the next segment as well. It looks like Ghana's taking the lead from what Russia did as well, right? Backing a currency with gold. Um, and then, you know, in this case, they're they're using it for international payment, which is nothing new under the sun. It's been done for decades and decades. It's just that we've been on the petrodollar for the last 40 years. And as you mentioned, these type of systems are now cannibalizing themselves. So in the next segment, let's talk about the outlook for gold and silver as uh, JP Morgan is looking at it. And we'll talk about uh, central bank digital currencies, as well as the cryptocurrency market, which, um, you know, here we are again, a lot of comparisons between gold and crypto. So we want to add our, our stake to the argument on that. The number 18778Silver, the website guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees 
of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. At Guildhall Wealth, we only deal in physical precious metals. We use the motto, if you can't hold it, you don't own it. You can buy it direct with us. You can give us a call and even set up an appointment, come to our office, and we'll show you the different products available. Get a, get a sense of what this is like to put actual physical in your hand, make a small acquisition. And then, of course, we offer depository storage, and you can even acquire physical gold and silver in a registered account, and it's your product. You own it directly, no counterparty risk. The product is put into your own sub-account at Brinks. You get access to the product. You get an itemized inventory report. It's essentially a warehouse receipt showing that you own this specific product, and it's all about no counterparty risk. Jerry, let's get into the crypto market. But first, uh, JP Morgan has uh, come out with an outlook for gold and silver. And uh, just before we we jump into um, into, uh, what's going on in the gold and silver market, with JP Morgan, uh, a friend of the show posted on his Instagram an article from Bloomberg that uh, JP Morgan and Deutsche Bank are being sued by Epstein accusers in New York, that there's a class action lawsuit accusing the banks of enabling Epstein, and that essentially Epstein had ties to prominent financiers and entrepreneurs. Not not probably too unlike the Bernie Madoff thing, which there's a parallel there, it maps onto the FTX thing, which is that they become such a big client that the banks can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm not saying JP Morgan is a, a, a victim of any kind, believe me, <laughs> but <clears throat> that is kind of interesting. and. Let's talk about where they see the prices of the metals going. And I say that with a little bit of a chuckle. They're saying, essentially, Jerry, that gold uh, by fourth quarter would be up only 6% at uh, 1860 Silver, a little more interesting. They're saying that by fourth quarter, silver will be trading on average at $25 an ounce, which is up 17%. Um, that's what they're looking for as an outlook. as an outlook. Any initial reaction to that? Quite usual for a mega bank like JP Morgan, one of the mega mega banks, Bank of America. They usually say one thing but believe the other. Um, they, you know, when we had the last breakout, massive breakout in precious metals in 2011, um, where gold hit 19, uh, 19 and change, 1900. That is, um, I think the prediction was approximately 13 or 1400. Was, was their outlook. So they're saying higher, you know, they're on the right side. They will be on the right side of history on this one for sure. But if we just, rev, you know, reflect on what happened this week, this was a massive week. You know, gold was up uh, a percentile, $20, and silver was up 3%. So in contrast to the, those projections, I think we're going to be um, outshining the, those project, projections. But again, they're on the right side. You know, at the end of the day, if you said 
if you said to me, Jeremy, I think that silver will average $25 throughout 2024, I'd say, yeah, look, we're waiting. I think many people in our industry are looking at what's going on with the Federal Reserve and the dollar and, you know, raising interest rates across the world. It seems to be hints that they're going to be slowing down, which means is there going to be a pivot? Is there going to be a pause? I think either way, people are going to interpret that as these major hikes are over and you can look in the rearview mirror at 2022 and say, okay, 2021 was the year of, um, of inflation is transitory. 2022 would be the year of, well, we fought it. <laughs> we fought mm -hmm. the inflation and inflation won. And then 2023, the year of, well, to, to your, to what you said earlier in the show, we've just cannibalized the whole thing and we're going to try to introduce a, a digital back currency uh, to the world because we've run out of options, da, da, da. So we'll get into that subject in just a moment. But if sure. you, going back to an average, let's say, of silver being up 17%, look, if we get the first two, three months of, of the year, assuming nothing breaks, assuming that there's no consequences to any of the the items that we've just mentioned just today on the show about uh, about Credit Suisse or about the fallout of FTX or any of these type of things or the Bank of England's quantitative easing scheme, assuming that none of this has any any effect on the market for another couple months and this eerie quietness in the market just persists for another two three months, okay, silver sits at twenty two dollars for three months of the year, a full quarter. And then it goes up to 30 bucks and it pulls mm -hmm. back a little bit to 28 and then bang, you get a massive move up to 40 and it pulls back to 32. Then the average was 25. Mm -hmm. Not factoring in the participation of precious metals and what happens. I think JP Morgan and these mega banks usually um, fail to factor in money leaving the banks and money leaving financial instruments and jumping into uh, a very small market of gold. $1.5 billion worth of investable gold is available uh, for purchase, coming from a global market of $200 trillion. If just 1.5% of all of those assets jump into gold, this market would be in panic mode. And I think he, we've, we often overlook that type of psychology when people rush into something, especially when you can't get the gold, it exacerbates further on the top side for the price. And then you factor in the pivot. Look, the Federal Reserve is now slowing down on the pace of the rate hikes, which is why the dollar index is, is, is dropping. It's now dropped below 106. It's into the 105 region. This is a massive break of support. So watch the tail tailwinds for gold. All of the things that you've mentioned before from FTX and even what I mentioned with Credit Suisse and countries buying, it seems like we're all all of the pistons for precious metals are just moving at the same time, all firing. It's not misfiring. It's just a massive, a massive push and a massive momentum build for a huge breakout of epic proportions in physical precious metals. This is the market that you need to be participating in. Ask us how you can get involved in this market. It's very simple, very easy to do, and we'll love to show you. And uh, we appreciate your listenership as always.
The number one eight seven seven eight silver. The website guildhallwealth.com. And remember, at Guildhall, it's all physical. You're acquiring it. You can hold it in your hand, or you can store it at a at a depository that's outside the banking system. IROC approved. It's fully secure, fully insured. You have direct ownership of your product at all time, and you can even do that within a registered account. Jerry, we've seen a lot happen in the crypto sphere, and I notice as you're going through blogs and um, you know Telegram and everything like that, you start to see the comments. And the comments are always very interesting, and I always find that gold is so misunderstood by the crypto community. And sometimes when I'm listening to things about crypto, I, I get I get irritated with the lack of understanding between the two. And I feel like here we are again. Remember when crypto was going crazy and the first time it hit twenty thousand, when Bitcoin was hitting, 20, everyone was comparing the two. I don't understand the comparison. Gold is money, and crypto doesn't say money. They say it's currency. Can you please explain the difference? Mm -hmm. That's a very good question, and it's a very good thing to differentiate the two of. So the currency would be your medium of exchange of transferring, and I agree on the blockchain. Having an asset, a digital asset on the blockchain can improve things. It can improve business and how th how we transact across the world. It can clear up with, with smart contracts. It could speed things up. You can eliminate risk because it's an open ledger. But the coin that is on that blockchain, it is not gold 2.0. This is something that can be divided downwards. You can actually own fractions of fractions of fractions of a, of a Bitcoin. The lowest you can go is a gram of gold. Um, then you have the dependence on so, power. Sorry, just one second. I love, I love that idea. I mention this to people all the time. And again, we're not anti-crypto. It's just that the, the arguments have so many holes in them. So for example, this one that you've just pointed out, mm -hmm. there is a, the, the argument of there is a limited supply of Bitcoin. Sure. We'll, we'll use Bitcoin. True, but it's infinitely divisible. Whereas with gold, it's not infinitely divisible. If gold was to go to $31,000 an ounce, and there's 31 grams in an ounce, then the minimum that you would be able to purchase is one gram for $1,000. Can't split up the gram. So there's a limit. There's a limit to how much someone would pay for it, and that would, that would in turn put a max on the, on the price. You know, unless, of course, you're basing it on the dollar. And if the dollar is worthless, then gold is priceless. Sure, we can go with that argument as well. But the point being is that in, in this sense of saying, well, there's a limited supply. Yes, but I can buy and invest one grain of sand of this whole beach, right? Mm. Exactly it. This is, the, this is the point. How far can we go and how far can you stretch a Bitcoin? Then I alluded to the fact that it's also dependent upon power. I mean, I like the idea of having something decentralized um, and having something that is different and away from the traditional, you know, the traditional financial instruments, the traditional banking. So you have a crypto and you have crypto around the world. But, you know, I often bring up the scenario of what happened in Venezuela when Venezuela hyperinflated their currency uh, they introduced a digital boulevard backed by oil, but then they had power outages. And immediately, the, the citizenry picked up their grams of gold and went about their day. They went about daily commerce. 
Some were even getting haircuts. I remember the headline here. You could, would you spend a gram of gold in getting a haircut, Jeremy? That, I just thought that was very funny. Well, and I think, and I think to, to be fair, this idea of energy is interesting in the sense of, you know, one would say, well, you need the ener- you need energy to run the world, and you know if the lights go out, what good is it? What does it matter anyway? But the point being is, if you, yeah, okay, you you took your you took your coins off the exchange, right? Okay, so they're safe from prying hands, but if you can't access a computer because there's rolling there's rolling uh, blackouts, then good luck spending them. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, do I really need gold in that scenario either? We're now looking at a Mad Max scenario, and I would say probably neither neither one on either side of the argument really wants to deal with a Mad Max scenario. Sure. So, um, kind of put that aside a little bit because, of course, we could talk about it. I guess the question becomes: Can they coexist? For sure, um, being a currency is one thing, um, medium of exchange, and back to the gold argument, gold is one and only gold is your your historic store of value it's generational wealth it's the one thing that you can pass on easily you can access it if you kept it in your top drawer it's still there i don't need a code to get into that unless i put it in my own safe but i can pass it on it is very private it's not on this ledger where governments could potentially see this gold bar um but it's a traditional safe haven, it's wealth insurance because it's decoupled and separate away from devaluing currencies. All currencies are being destroyed at a, at a rapid pace, some faster than others. And then we have to be decoupled from the tra- traditional electronic digital banking systems. This, the argument for undigitizing your wealth is a profound one. The argument for getting out of anything digital is very important. We're seeing a massive push towards global control through central bank digital currencies, which is detrimental for freedoms. And we're going to get into that. Just before we do, I think my main issue where I get lost is twofold. One, when they say gold, yes, gold has an inherent value, but somehow cryptos also have an inherent value. Sorry, quick, before we go to break, I'll jump in on that later. So on the FTX thing, I just had to bring up, because this is coming across Bloomberg um, literally almost right now. So Binance's uh, CEO, CZ Zhao, uh, failed to quell market fears on the post-FTX contagion. He initially, a couple weeks ago, mentioned he'll pledge $1 billion, and he said, no, I'm going to back off. Then he's going to uh, create a pool of, of $2 billion from uh, just jump crypto, Polygon Ventures, Aptos, etc. But it's failing to quell the worry. The worry is still on. There is a fallout, and the anxiety from this fallout is rising. And this is a contagion, a potential contagion. And what is very interesting, before the FTX debacle happened, they were rivals. They were rivals, Jeremy. They, but now, as we're seeing, Binance needs FTX and needs to quell off the contagion effects and trying to come to the rescue to bail it, bail out this, this the, once rival. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, That's right? right. Uh, the number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. More on this topic 
after the break. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show, the number one eight seven seven eight silver and the website guildhallwealth.com. Crypto versus gold. Why can't we all just get along? This is kind of the topic that we've been discussing in the last segment. And uh, I was mentioning, Jerry, that the issue of innate value, you know, just because you use something doesn't actually give its value. The value from innate value on physical gold and physical silver is the fact that they don't erode, that they've been around for thousands of years, that they're that they are fungible, that they are divisible, that they are malleable, um, and that they don't depend on a system. And to your point about energy, that once you've created that that bar or that coin, or you've put it into a manufactured product, that's it. No energy required. You want to convert it to something? Very little energy required. So in that sense, it does have an innate value. You know, you could bury it for thousands of years pull it up out of the ground and when it comes to gold it didn't even it didn't erode it didn't corrode now i think that the difference on the crypto side and so one last point whenever i hear someone trying to relay the argument that somehow gold is uh, that crypto is gold 2.0 that's alchemy and when someone's selling you alchemy your ears better perk up and you better be uh, mm. you know putting on your critical thinking cap right away Guard up mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that I think puts us together is one thing that crypto isn't is fiat. Now, fiat is money by decree. We use Canadian dollars. That's decreed by the government. You have to use Canadian dollars to pay your taxes. You have to use Canadian dollars to buy your goods. In the States, they are trying here and there to say, well, we want to use gold and silver for this, or you know, you, every so often there'll be a bill passed. Yeah. But the idea is both gold and crypto are not fiat. They are a choice, and they're both decentralized. This is the other problem with crypto, is they somehow think that just by using it, they're somehow outside the realm of, of centralization, which is not true. We share a common enemy, and that is the infiltration of banking government into our markets to muck about. Mm -hmm. And so this kind of, I hope, is dovetailing to our, our conversation on central bank digital currencies because one has to kind of look at these issues, especially in crypto, and recognize the Hegelian dialectic of here's the problem. The problem is, is these cryptos need to be regulated. Well, we know how to regulate them, don't we? rest of the government what could go wrong right so they've already predetermined their agenda and they've created a problem by infiltrating whether they created ftx or not right you know speaking of that um (laughs) jerry did you see that um let me just pull it up here did you see that on november 30th there's a new york times event with sam bankman fried uh, Zelensky, Mark Zuckerberg, <laughs> Janet Yellen, and a whole slew of others. I saw this. I looked it up. The the post took out the four best, but there's a slew of them. Right. Um, it's all like Weffian speak. And speaking of of Weff, 
um, Klaus Schwab just uh, promoted the China's um, economy, saying like right. we like their communist the system, model. we like their model. Well, doesn't the central bank digital currency give them that? Yes. Because anyone who's in, who is thinking about central bank digital currency, as we're about to discuss, um, is the financial repression that goes along with it. And doesn't it just move nicely into social credit score or into carbon footprint? Mm -hmm. And how do you avoid these things? Now, my thought on this, uh, if you indulge me for just a moment, is now the central bank digital currency, one of the things that it wouldn't be allowed to do is unlike quantitative easing, they couldn't print it in perpetuity. You would have to say, here's a certain amount that we're going to create. But what it can do is repress. It yeah. can say, we expired your money out of your savings account. You can only spend money on this or that, mm -hmm. um, this kind of top-down economy, yeah. which, uh, again, using that, that concept of cannibalizing the system by printing so much money, it's, it's cannibalizing itself. Mm -hmm. How do we get out of that? Well, we can introduce a central bank currency, say that we've solved the problem of QE, because there's a limited amount, mm -hmm. but we control you. Yep. And anyone who falls for this, you're also falling for the yeah. idea of how do we deal with terrorism? Oh, I know, we'll take your freedom away. Mm -hmm. You wanna eliminate your mortgage, you wanna eliminate all of your debts, you wanna eliminate the government's debt, we don't need QE because we've just done it, but you have to hand over your freedoms, you have to hand over the control and hand over the way you spend your money and give us the permission to cause your money to potentially expire. It's an, it's, it, this is full-out austerity. The austerity measures that we saw in Europe before, well, that was one thing. That was bad. But this, this is the austerity 2.0, and this is the reason why, ultimately, why people are moving out. The outflows are happening. You're having outflows out of Credit Suisse, outflows of Canadian banking systems, bailouts, bail-ins, all of these hot topics that us Canadian Canadian citizens, I just I had a presentation at a freedom freedom rally, a freedom group during the week. It was amazing. A lot of uh, older gentlemen and, and women were looking to you know protect their rifts, and I showed them that this is one one way. And I was a huge concern of bail-in laws here in Canada, and I had to address that and showed why this is a solution to protect, get away from the financial system for a little bit. Not saying that you have to do everything, or you would never return. But for now, until the dust settles, this is the best solution for them. You know, ultimately, gold is a private financial asset, um, and it is tradable, and it is fungible. And I think the more that people get uh, a sense that this could be occurring, and, you know, I know they're setting up different versions of it and trials all over the world. I just saw one that they're trying it in India, right. which is crazy because they're importing all this silver. Let's talk about this more. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. It's The Real Money Show on AM640. We'll be right back. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome back to The Real Money Show. The number one eight seven seven eight silver the website guildhallwealth.com. Com. Yes, it's true. If you were listening, just joined us. We were talking about gold and 
central bank digital currencies and why people would want to move towards gold if they feel the encroachment of central bank digital currencies. And that's because gold is a private financial asset. It is one of the last bastions of privacy. And when you start to understand the ways that a central bank digital currency can lock you in, take away your privacy, put you on a social credit score, put you on a carbon footprint score, the way they can make a top-down economy and control every aspect of your life. They could see exactly what you've purchased for, for lunch and say, ah, there was a big carbon footprint for that. <laughs> uh, we take away your credits. Yeah. These type of things. It's going to make life incredibly difficult, which is why, Jerry, I just think it's destined to fail. I think they might try to put it somewhere in the world. I know Edward G. Griffin, who has talked about this in his book all the way back in 1995, about the idea that once this system comes to an end, they'll try to bring in a new system. You can see how it's just... Now, this goes back to the idea of trust. How well did they do during the last few years? And look at the result of the quantitative easing and putting people out of work and, you know, making making uh, marijuana free, sit on your hmm. couch, get a free paycheck, right. and like don't don't participate in society. Which, by the way, the the um, is it the president of of what do they call the is it Prime Minister of Italy? She yeah. just she just came out and said, if you can get a job and you don't accept it, we're not giving you any more money. That's right. And that's something that's also happening in Canada. People go, they get an interview, uh, they, they get hired and they go, no, I don't want it, so that they can keep getting the free money from the government. Mm -hmm. I'm, I imagine you could do that with a social credit Probably. score. Yes. Look, we want, we want a way to maintain autonomy, and I believe that the cryptos are trying to do the same. We have a common enemy, which is central banking, yes. fiat currencies, and we're all freedom lovers. And how do we get to a place where, where both can be successful? And I think that we have to deal with the corruption. And I don't think central bank digital currencies are going to, to make it. I think they're going to try. But I think it's a power move and I think it's destined to fail. What do mm -hmm. you think? I think it is as well. You really need truly, a, you need true adoption in any type of rollout of anything digital, whether it be a central bank digital currency or another crypto that comes out, a coin. If that crypto coin does not get it does not get adopted, does not get used, and people do not subscribe to it, it will fall by the wayside. That is usually the case. Just remember the oil the oil boom. You had almost hundreds and thousands of oil companies. How many major oil companies do we have today? A handful. So just by elimination, and if you try to roll out something, especially in this today today and age, in this climate of distrust and a climate of de-dollarization and moving away from the U.S. dollar hegemony, trading oil for gold with the BRIC nations, with other nations that are trying to join. The BRIC nations are not subscribing to this. They will be implementing, like the Russians have done with their own ruble, they have a peg. And when you peg, you're eliminating the fiat approach of allowing a government to print the money into oblivion. You eliminate that. And I strongly believe as well, with you, with you, Jeremy, I do not believe that the central bank digital currency experiment will 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 last. I mean, they could try to roll it out, but we'll see how that how quickly that will last. Yeah, and and you know, look, I also believe in the revaluation. We heard from one of the central bankers 
in Holland talking about, well, we have it on our ledger, the uh, a whole column for revaluing gold. That's right. And it's going to be an amazing way to get rid of all of these debts. You just revalue gold up to five, ten thousand dollars $10,000, maybe even higher, depending on how low the value of the U.S. dollar is. And imagine the wealth transfer. Um, one of the guys from SD Bullion did the uh, projection and did the estimates and estimates that there's a billion dollars worth of gold and silver just in the United States in private hands. Imagine what that wealth transfer is going to look like when gold goes to $10,000 or silver goes to $400. It's going to be amazing amount of wealth being created. And that means people are going to create businesses. Mm-hmm. They're going to create jobs for people. It's going to be incredible. And it's, it's full. Yeah. And not only that, you're going to cancel out the debts. That's right. I see too many reasons to own gold. Of course, gold and silver being limited in supply. Premiums are, are, are high and only moving higher. And there is uh, an issue in that sense that you have these high premiums right now, a low price, something's going to give. And I think this eerie tranquility in the market of nothing happening, I think is going to, there's going to be a storm. And I think the precious metals are going to awaken and, you know, gold and silver have already beaten back their losses this year. Yeah. They did an amazing job beating back those losses. We'll see what happens for the rest of the year. Final well, thoughts, Jerry? Well, according to, well, there's a quiet brewing happening behind this, behind the scenes, especially with the silver demand. The Silver Institute did report that this year, global silver demand is expected to rise 16% this year to 1.21 billion ounces, creating the biggest deficit in decades. Again, the biggest deficit in decades. Silver demand has increased across the board. And as in countries are importing at a massive scale, we have to look at what India is doing with the Indian bullion exchange. Here are the statistic. India imported 954 tons of silver in October, down 24% year over year. Mind you, last month, in, in the month prior, was 1,600 tons. That's 54 million ounces of silver. In total, for the year of 2022, India imported 8,953 tons. That is over, uh, that is over was it half, half a million. A, half a billion. Half a billion ounces of physical silver. And this is why when we see the Wall Street silver, silver squeeze is on the COMEX silver. Registered silver is at 35 million ounces left. And this is that calm before the major storm. And this is the storm. When the COMEX runs out, when the LBMA runs out of silver and gold, this is going to be the most explosive move in physical precious metals that we have ever seen in history. Yet the opportunity is incredible. And those who have persisted in the market and had the conviction, had, you know, had the courage of your convictions of staying in this market through a period of consolidation because there were some major moves in 2020. There's been some consolidation, but you have your metal. There's so many people that contact us. We don't have anything. We don't have the ability to fulfill your order, and it's only going to get worse. Those who are positioned, congratulations. I think things are going to be very, very good moving forward in this market because something's going to give. You can't keep having this much accumulation on the actual physical side and still have the derivative market set the price. Not going to happen. Right. Reality will set in. Crashes are going to happen, and people are going to be very, very happy and excited that they held on to their physical precious metals. And if you don't have any yet, start small. Don't try to eat the whole whale at once. 
start small, get a little bit of product in your hands, see how it, see how it looks, see how it feels, get a sense of pricing, and then it's off to the races. Use the sleep at night rule. You know, if it's keeping you up at night, you got too much. Mm -hmm. If uh, other, other parts of the economy are keeping you up, maybe you don't have enough. But just, you know, uh, comfort breeds confidence. Rather buy small amounts consistently than try to take on too much. Consider buying it in a registered account, RSP, TFSA. Give us a call. We'll show you how to do it. The number is 18778silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. Thank you for everyone for listening. Jerry, great chat this week. I really enjoyed it. And if you've missed it, check us on Spotify. We're, we're new on Spotify. We're very excited to be there. And also you can reach us on YouTube and listen to one of the old episodes on YouTube as well. The number, 18778silver The website, guildhallwealth.com. It's been The Real Money Show on AM640. The preceding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment.